and welcome to another episode of the Added On Podcast, a podcast that chats about all things football by giving you our opinion as well as hearing what our guests have to say. My name is Michele Barletta and I'll be talking to people of all levels and backgrounds and helping them spread their story. Look out for new episodes with interesting guests and follow us on Instagram at Added On Sports. Today's guest is another footballer from Larne, Northern Ireland, who's found himself playing college football in the States and then working his way through the ranks into the professional level and experiencing what it's like to be a professional footballer in different cultures across different countries across the world. He has enjoyed success playing at the college level, making national tournament appearances, as well as winning the conference championship. And now he finds himself coaching at the Division Two level, obtaining his master's degree Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Maben in studio today. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Added On podcast. Thanks for joining me, Michele Barletta, the host and the founder of Added On Sports. You can take a look at our website at addedonsports.com and check out our sports-related blogs and articles. We're branching out again today. We've got another virtual episode on the on the line. I've got a pretty experienced footballer. He's played at the college level, he's worked his way into a few of the professional ranks, and he finds himself now coaching at the college level. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got Martin Maben on the line. Marty, thanks for being here today. Mikhail, no problem, mate. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. I mean, I heard about you from from Joel a while ago, the first the first uh, episode on the podcast, and he was talking to me and said to me, you know, you've got to get Marty on the pod, you've got to get him on the pod. So, you know what, here we are a couple of weeks later. Yeah, he mentioned it to me, I'd say a couple of weeks ago, and I said, no bother, I mean, I don't mind helping out with stuff, I guess it's always a good bit of fun. Yeah, awesome. I mean, your story is one that I'm pretty excited um, to talk about. There's loads of boys that take the college level, uh, the college route, should I say, especially um, internationals, and they think it might be a bit easier going from college into the professional ranks, and obviously, you know, you've been through it all, that that's not always the case, and it's not... Um, always as easy as it seems just because of how many people play college uh, college football here. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be quite a few listeners out there curious to to find out how you did it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's I was fortunate whenever, whenever I came out, I was one of the earlier ones. And now it's obviously becoming way more and more popular. I think yes. a lot of people are doing it because they've got the security of the degree to fall back on. Mm-hmm. But then obviously it opens up the opportunities to play afterwards. Mine, how mine worked out was um, when I was playing at Regis, one of our volunteer coaches ended up becoming the switchback, Colorado Springs switchbacks head coach. And so I had been around him for, what, two years prior to him getting the job. So we had a decent relationship mm-hmm. as it was. My goal at that point was I was hoping to go to the MLS draft, but never got invited to it, but always had the switchbacks as somewhat of a, fallback option so come this would have been around January time whenever I get no news about the combine he was straight on the phone and we got the contract sorted and I went straight into it from that so my position I was fortunate that he was at my university beforehand so he had exposure to me for every day for two years Yeah, he knew what I was all about and knew sort of my attitude my mindset my character that's so that kind of helped me that's class for you. That that really helps out having a relationship with someone like that. Because, I mean, you you'd know firsthand. It's all about who you know. And if 
you know, there's loads of boys who are absolutely fantastic players, but they don't have the connections or the resources um, to to make that jump into the next level. So to be able to have that, you're fortunate enough. Yeah, but 100%. And for any other college lads that might see this, that's why now playing summer football is so important, especially now with the introduction of the USL 2, mm-hmm. the, the USL 1 as well. Like They offer so many opportunities in the summer. Like If you get a chance to play for one of the better teams, like you've got to do it just for the exposure. Yeah, we do. I do touch on that in a bit, um, the summer leagues. But oh, sweet. Let's, uh, let's speak a bit about you, uh, you as a youngster. Um, you know, coming from Lawn, coming from Northern Ireland, um, what got you into football in the first place? How did you get involved? My first training session, I was seven, and I always ran around with older kids. And them boys played for the under-10 team, and they were all heading off. To, we were playing on the little playing field, and then they were all heading to training. And I was like, can I come? <laughs> and didn't even have a pair of boots. So one of my mates gave me a pair of his boots, and I went to my first ever training session and then signed for that team then. So I was seven playing for the under-10s. It was called uh, Embercoats at the time. And I stuck with them right the way through, just because when I was younger, I didn't have the opportunity to go and play for any of the top teams in Belfast or anything like that because I didn't have transportation. My dad was always working. My mum was working. So like I was kind of stuck with my um, local team. And I played with them right up until I was 16. That's when I made my first senior appearance for Lauren FC. Okay. And the year after that, I actually ended up going to Glintorn, who is one of the... They, they've always been one of like the powerhouses in the Northern Irish I Premier mean, League. I've heard of them through... Uh... I've heard of them through Joel, but I don't reckon this many Joel, people yeah. have heard of them. Nah, and um, I played for their under-18s for a year, and I was actually about to sign a first-team contract when I got offered the football scholarship. So coming so to my, the States then wasn't always part of part of your plan? It was an option, but not, not at all, mate. No, I, uh, one of my substitute teachers in high school, um, he used to always come in and take us straight to play football, and he... Um, he came in one day and said to me, he was like, if I could get an opportunity for you in America, would you take it? And I was like, I was like, never really thought about it, but um, now that you brought it to my attention, like I'll look into it. And he came back maybe a month later and Tony McCall, who's the head coach still at Regis, he sent his brother, because he's from Northern Ireland as well, okay. he sent his brother to watch me play against Balamina, where he's from. And um, his brother went and watched me play and then I spoke to him a couple of days after that and then this was between, so. This all happened from March, and I left in August to go to Denver. Didn't even know what the school looked like. Yeah, didn't know anything about like Division Two, Division One, any of that stuff. Didn't know what Denver was like. Didn't know what the school looked like. I was just like, I'll do it, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out. Denver, like the or like the university itself was absolutely top notch. Denver's an unbelievable city. Like I couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah, you're lucky enough. A lot of people, it's kind of a risk that you take as an, an international is uh, you don't have the opportunity to go and visit the campus or, or meet anyone besides a, a Skype call with a coach or, or something like that. So um, I'm glad it's worked out for you. I've heard a few stories of people going somewhere and it's not been uh, what they've expected. Um, but you said, like, obviously, when you when you went over, you didn't have a clue about, you know, how the college how the college system worked or... Um, what you were getting yourself into and it is for anyone who's played football elsewhere in the world when you do come here um, things do work a little bit differently in terms of um, how the leagues are set up and and how the tournaments are set up and things like that but what was the biggest shock for you when you first got to the states 
mean, I couldn't believe that we played the whole season in three months. <laughs> I was like, what? There was one time, and not to go off track, but within 15 days, we had played seven games. So, like, you've got all these games, and it's literally just crammed. And we, we played Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. And, like, I just couldn't believe that. It's unbelievable. Because Americans usually do a lot of things right, but I just couldn't believe that they had this season just rammed into three months. Yeah. It's... Especially because, like, there's all about, like, athletic performance and recovery and all that stuff. And it's so taxing, mate. It's an absolute nightmare sometimes. I know that's, I think that's the number one thing most people complain about is just, obviously it's not good on the body and, and loads of boys pick up injuries. You get to the second half of the season and everyone's got something bothering them. Um, but That's what, it. Like you get a you get a minor injury, and it can take up the thirty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Madness. But the the mad thing about that is, um, obviously, there's other sports going on, and and that's why the university can only do it for for one semester, three, three and a half months, or whatever it is. But there's talk of uh, the NCAA looking to change the uh, this football season to year round at least. Um, whether or not that's gonna gonna happen, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I've seen that because what they were talking about doing the split. The only thing with that is, imagine going home for a month at Christmas and then coming back and trying to get back into the season. But, I mean, I'm sure there's some way they can make it work. Another issue with that is obviously the weather too. I don't know what it's like with you year-round, but here in uh, Michigan in the, in the winter, it's awful, mate. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah, Denver in the, in the winter too is pretty brutal too. So there's just so many different factors that, I mean, it would probably be good the athletes to do that but I just don't know if they'll be able to make it happen yeah it's 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 a difficult one to get around the weather especially because um, not many universities have the what they call it the, the dome or or yeah. an indoor field things like that so when the weather comes around and you've got two months of, of, of snow up until mid-February there's not much you can do about that yeah, but yeah talk especially to me if about, you don't have those facilities talk to me about um your time at Red just now was there a lot of uh, internationals with you or, or or not? Yeah, we. I was I was one of the first ones that came in. I actually had the red shirt my freshman year. Okay. I was one of the first um, international students, and they asked for all my transcripts, and I got literally everything I could get. And I remember there was like two weeks before season, and they wanted more paperwork, and I was like, I've literally got everything that I possibly could. My A levels had just come out, like turned out and. And then the season had started and they spoke to me about redshirt. And, and at first I didn't really like the idea of it because I'd just come off probably my best every year back home. And I was just dying to get going. And then once I'd already missed what a quarter of the season, I was like, right, I might as well just do this. And it worked out, gave me an extra year, ended up double majoring. Like a lot of people when they hear about redshirt and they're like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. But sometimes it can be beneficial just letting you transition into it all. It definitely and can. And sit back and see what it's all about. I completely agree. Um, red shirting is quite a common thing here as well, and um, I'm not sure if it's if it's nationwide or, or just you know certain coaches kind of like it. But um, in hindsight, looking back on it now, uh, you'd rather you'd rather redshirt get a full extra year of eligibility than play 30 minutes in a full season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a nightmare. It's a no-brainer when it comes to that. But what did you? Yeah. Think? So after what? Carry on. Sorry. Carry on. Um, I was just saying after my red shirt, I went into my freshman year and, you know, I kind of had a point to prove at this at this stage. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was our last preseason game against uh, Colorado County Community College, yeah, CCC. And um, 
I'd hurt my hip flexor and I carried that all through the season. So my freshman year was a bit of a letdown. The coach wasn't happy with me. I remember him, because we both had like big expectations. And I remember he brought me in at the end of the season and was just like, tell me how he was bringing in another striker to replace me, this and that. I don't know if he was intentionally trying to light a fire under me or sort of being serious. But um, then my sophomore year was a big, big year for me. I had 17 goals, 10 assists. And I got all American. Our team, we went undefeated in the regular season and our first loss was in the Armac tournament finally. It was a nightmare. We went like 18-0 and 0 and then lost that game, got a bye into the Sweet 16 against Incarnate Word and they beat us 1-0. So we like won every game and they lost tournament final and then Sweet 16 uh, Nationals. That's so horrible. like really good season in hindsight, yeah. but like just so disappointing to end that way. And then my junior year, we had lost quite a lot of seniors, so everybody expected us not to be as good. But our coach was very good when it came to recruiting, especially with bringing in transfers. Don't know how he done it. I actually should find out how he sort of pulled all his shrewd moves. But he was always pulling unbelievable transfer players from nowhere. It's nice when, so, when you've got a coach like that that you can rely on. He's so switched on players. with that, mate. We actually had players leave because... And he went to Quincy, actually. And he left because he thought we weren't going to be as good because we were losing a lot of key players. So then that year, I had had 15 goals. I don't know how many assists, but we ended up um, winning the Armac again, lost in the tournament final again, and then we got to the Elite Eight at Nationals. So that's the furthest we've, even at this point, the furthest we've ever got. What's that experience like at the, at the National Tournament? Unbelievable, mate. It's just, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like, once, once you win the conference, everybody forgets about that straight away and it's straight onto the conference tournament. And then again, once that's done, it's straight onto nationals, like the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And just the feel, the feel around it all is unbelievable. We actually won, I broke my orbital in the Sweet 16 game. So we won that game in overtime and that was me done. I didn't get to play in the Elite Eight. I was absolutely got it, mate. <laughs> and so like the furthest we've ever gotten in program history and I couldn't even play, but... Um, Simon Fraser battered us 5 0. Simon so I was kind of glad I wasn't Simon, playing. I was just like. Simon Fraser's a good team. Mate, they're another one where, like, what age? We were anywhere from like 18 to 22 at the time, which is quite standard. Mm-hmm. And they had boys that were like 28, 30, like grad students. I don't know how they do it either. I'm not sure. There's a few uh, There's a few coaches out there that find their way around these, these little loopholes and get players in, play for a year. Um, and then just just leave and don't get it. Away they go. Don't do anything. Yeah, so junior year was another unbelievable season. Senior year, I had 16 goals. I can't remember how many assists, but um, we didn't get the national tournament, didn't win the Armac, we didn't win anything that year. So my, my senior year was kind of disappointing from a collective standpoint. Mm. But um, I'd, I'd, overall, my experience was unbelievable. I, mean, I absolutely loved the Regis. And to be honest, I enjoyed it there far more than playing professional really see that, that yeah. that's, that's interesting that you say that um, obviously you've enjoyed your time there you've been successful and you've experienced a, going to nationals and winning conference championships is not something that every um, college player gets to experience so I mean for you guys to do that is a it's a big achievement um, and for you to say that you enjoyed that more than playing professionally I found that, I found that hard yeah. to believe swear to God mate and I, I, I jump it again to that now yeah, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that now. I want to talk a bit um, about you mentioned okay. earlier talking about uh, playing in the summers, um, and you played in the the PDL. Well, 
formerly uh, formerly known as a PDL, now the USL two. Um, how what made you get into that? Why did you get into that? So I'd say the first, after my sophomore year, I trained with the Rapids that summer. Oh, okay. I mean, that was an unbelievable experience. Like the first two weeks completely fell out of place. And then you know how it is once you find your feet, like I absolutely loved that. So um, then the following year, that's when I played, only played for like a month because I ended up going home, but I played for the Colorado Foxes. Okay. And a part of it's just like keeping your sharpness up, playing with different people, getting a different perspective from a, another coach mm-hmm. and just like taking all that and going into your fall season like fully prepared just with a different mindset refreshed like I just think it's so important because like I kind of mentioned earlier when we were chatting about um, my experience exposure is so important and nowadays it's all about who you know more than anything else so if you can get into the right environment that might have connections elsewhere like you've got to take advantage of those opportunities especially international kids yeah I completely agree Um, you look at how you, I mean, you mentioned earlier you were looking to get drafted. That didn't work out. Um, and only the the best of the best of players at the biggest of, of universities are usually the ones who land up getting drafted. Um, for everyone else, the, the path to pro, as it's called, is through these summer leagues. Um, yeah. So, like you said, extremely important, especially for the internationals. Um, what a lot of people don't know is a lot of teams out there, if, they, if they're willing to take you on as an international, well... You know what? Then you've still got, um, you've still got. They, they sort you out with housing. They sort you out with uh, a stipend, uh, something like that, just to help you get you going, get you find your feet. So, if so, if a team wants you, you know they'll 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 make a way to make it work. Exactly, mate. And then you get that kind of experience of what it's somewhat like being in a professional environment, like mm-hmm. getting your stuff paid for, getting taken care of. Just those little things kind of gave me a bit more hunger to go on and push on for the next two years yeah it's almost like a it's almost like a little teaser of, of what's to come and you, yeah you made a good point now they've obviously was original originally pdl but now they're emphasizing this path to pro like they just keep pushing that and keep pushing that it's appealing. and now like it's, yes it's appealing exactly, as a player, you, get, you know you, you're looking at this thinking well geez i want to go pro and you're seeing these everything being advertised as path to pro path to pro and Realistically speaking, not everyone's gonna get a chance to be drafted. So, no, it's difficult. And what, why I was so optimistic about mine was the year before there was a kid in our conference, Teshuak and Delhi, plays for Orlando Cena. Okay, unbelievable, good player, unbelievable athlete, and uh, played Division Two. And he went number six in the draft mm. overall to FC Dallas. So for me, I was like, he beat me the Player of the Year the year before, and then I got up my senior year. So I just thought like him getting an opportunity would have given me a higher chance. He's, I think he's Canadian nationality, but he's got um, American citizenship. And so for us, like an MLS team bringing in an international player, they're bringing in the big top dogs, you know, like Wayne Rooney going to Houston, Nannies, now Orlando, like yeah. they want to save those spots or they're not going to bring in a college kid unless you're standing out by a massive, massive difference. No, exactly. Um, I want to know how different is is this path to pro going into professional football in the in the states compared to your traditional um, route of of playing professional football back in Northern Ireland? Yeah, I think so. Northern Ireland, you kind of go straight in the like men's league, so you get adjusted to the physicality of it straight away. Now America's trying to kind of take a bit of like the English system where you have these academies and mm-hmm. develop them like gradually then you can put them into 
the USL two teams, which is becoming more and more common. Most USL teams are trying to have those um, teams around them, and I think America now is just trying to nurture from a young age. Whereas in Northern Ireland specifically, like we kind of get thrown into meds league and you get toughened up. And if you're lucky enough, you maybe get an opportunity across in England or that. I mean, it's in, it's it's interesting that you say that. Obviously, because um, you can be what fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, playing in a in a men's league, and it's a lot more physical than you think, and you, you're getting bullied around, and it's kind of step up or be left behind. Exactly. Uh, the nice thing about the states and about playing college sports is, um, at least from my perspective, the whole reason I did it in the first place was it's an opportunity to study and still play at the same time. Like you mentioned earlier, that fallback to have that that uh, plan B of a of a degree if things don't work out, and and chances are that uh, professionally they're not going to work out. Um, so it's, it's, it is appealing to have that and I think that's where America's hit the nail on the head to have invested so that's, much time and money into college sports and it's tough like us internationals coming over like my coach always emphasised how like student comes first you got to take care of your school stuff you're not going to play but it's hard for us to kind of get used to that at yeah. first you're just like ah, I'll just I'm there for the football like the school stuff I'll, I'll get it done but like my my first year, if I was if I wasn't redshirt, and like I would have been, I, I think my GPA was above a two point But I was like turning assignments late, missing class. Like if I was able to play that season, I would have probably been dropped in the coach anyway for my academic standards. So like, I noticed that, especially now coaching, like international kids come over and they kind of get carried away with the football side of things and lose track of the student side of things too, do, which is do. tough, isn't? You do because you show up here and you're. Uh, in your mind, you're a you're a, a full time. I say that in inverted commas. You're a full time yeah. footballer because you know you've travelled yeah. across the world to play football, and and you do kind of you do kind of forget about uh, the academic side of things. And you think you're going to get away with it? Like no way you would hear back home of like the big American footballers. Like they get somebody to do their homework. <laughs> like they just they just turn up and do this work. That doesn't happen. That's just in the film. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a bit of a um, incorrect picture being painted. But after you've graduated, you've gone on, you've signed for um, Colorado Switchbacks, am I correct? Yeah. How did that, so, how did that come about? I was finishing my last, I still finished my last semester while I was playing them. So Steve Trichu, I think he's he was coaching at St. Louis. He got the job in 2014. The inaugural year was 2015. And so... He had spoke to me, look, if the MLS stuff doesn't work out, would you be interested in this? And I was like, 100%. And it made sense because at a semester left, I was able to do some of my classes online. My teachers were brilliant about it. And so I was able to live in Denver, go to class when I needed to, and then just um, travel down to Colorado Springs. And so both both sides were so good about it. Like if I exams, I was able to miss training and whatnot. It was just... After the disappointment of not getting the combine, this was like a perfect ideal situation where I could play at a good level and finish my degree. Mm, it, it and so going into it, like first year was like rookie year, knew not to expect too much, like don't expect to go down and play every game. And I kind of bide my time. I learned a lot, but then going in, I signed with them for a year in an option year and they took my option. And the second year I was like, right, this is when I got a kind of, put like my stamp on the team and yeah. get more uh, starting opportunities score more goals but um, this is one of the main reasons why I didn't really enjoy it was because 
we didn't at this point we didn't have an official affiliation with the Rapids, but every so often they would send players down on loan. And you know what it's like? It's usually a striker, and that's where I played. And the politics would always come in, so like the striker shows up from the Rapids, and I'm just like, fuck. Automatically, you've and got, I knew you've straight got away, yeah. Seat, yeah, yeah, you know that straight away. Like as soon as they're done in training, and every time somebody came down, like they never finished with more goals on me. That was the most frustrating thing for me. And then after the second year, they actually had offered me a two-year contract guaranteed, and. Mm. I had been speaking with an agent at the time and he had kind of spoke to him about my current experience, which wasn't an overly great one. It was a brilliant learning curve, but um, from a playing aspect, it wasn't kind of great. It kept getting fucked around again and again. And so he was like, right, you've got your UK passport, go home and I'll uh, sort you out with something back home. And so he turned down the contract, went home and he done nothing for me. Done absolutely nothing, mate. So I was at home and I'd actually went out to Iceland. One of my teammates from Regis played pro in Iceland. Okay. And he was like, "Would you come?" He was like, "Would you be interested in coming out?" And I was like, "Yeah, definitely." And I'd been training like mad, and I was actually training with Lauren's senior team at the time. And a week before I went out, I pulled my hamstring. But I was like, "Look, I went and seen their physio every day." I was like, "I'll just take care of it for a week. I'm fit enough as it is. Yeah, I'm right. in good shape. Like, don't need to worry about any of that stuff." And so went over there, jumped in a wee training session, felt all right played a match the next day and I was running through one-on-one with the keeper and my hamstring like completely pulled up. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't like a little pull where I could have kept going and tried to score a goal. Like it just completely went. And so that was obviously an absolute nightmare. I stayed over for like, yeah, because I'd just done it the week before, I was now going to be out for two months. So I was just like, I'm not hanging about here. Like ended up going home and funny enough, the agent just like out of the blue. So I'd been injured for what, about six weeks at this point, so I had like another two weeks to go. And he called me at the bloom and was like, Oh, I've got an opportunity in Finland. Can you get there in three days? Jesus. I was like I was like, first of all, where where have you been? And second of all, like I've been out injured, but I was like, Hamstring's been all right, like I'll just go and do it. And so I went over, he told me it was second division in Finland and I was like, Second division, like sounds like it could be a decent setup. Yeah. But I didn't know there was there was premier first, second, so it was technically third. Uh-huh. And like got over there, facilities not were decent. Like I was actually playing all right, but I was just like, if I'm going to be away from home, it's got to be something better. Got to be worth it. Yeah, mate. Like I'm not going to be away from home playing third division in Finland when I could be at home and play for a Premier League team. So end up going home again, and that's when Carrick had reached out to me, and I went and met their manager. He was um, he was the one that let me. He was the manager of Lauren at the time, and he was the one that let me train. So once he knew I was home, we arranged to meet up and he was absolutely brilliant lad. Like just sat and chatted to him for a bit and I was like, this seems like the kind of coach you want to play for and the environment mm-hmm. that what I want to be. And I knew it would be tough because Carrick are one of the lesser teams in the league. But I was like, this is what I kind of needed to get myself going properly. But that was a nightmare too. Like I played probably some of the worst football I've ever played. Like if I watched a video of myself, I would not have recognised who it was and a lot of that comes from like the distractions back home. Like you're out partying at the weekend, like, and you just the Irish league's not a league where you can mess about. It is no yeah. joke. Like a lot of kids, younger kids, will like make their debut when they're fifteen, sixteen, and it's a tough league too. It's like the USL now. It's not a great developmental league mm. because it's so tough. Like it's so physical, so athletic. Like, I mean, that's the one just thing a I nightmare know. experience there. That's the one thing I know um, about about um the, the the Irish league and, and just how physical it is. 
Um, but how different was that experience compared to um, when you were at uh, when you were in Colorado? What was the what was the difference in football like there? I mean, the difference was like the Irish League. A lot of teams can play football, but like when you watch a game, it's very transitional. It's just back and forth. But like you sit in the outside and you're watching it, and you're like, "Oh, I can play that, no problem." See, when you're in amongst it, it is a whole different ball game. Um, in America, it wasn't quite as tactical. Like you're you're playing against absolute freak athletes. Like I mean, you've seen plenty of it for yourself. Yeah. Back home, there's a lot of good footballers, but you just get caught into the physical battle. So like that was the two things. America's very athletic, not as tactical, and then the Irish league is just an absolute booting match. I. Um, like I said, I was terrible. Like honestly, like some of my mates came to watch me and was like, "What is going on? Like, is everyone all right?" And I was just like, "It's my own fault, really." Like it was nothing to do with the coaches. Probably training. You train Tuesday, Thursday, playing a Saturday. I was used to like a full time thing. And again, I could have been out doing my own thing mm. more often, but I was just caught up and I didn't want to be home. I was just caught up in all the bullshit that comes with that. Not to get into detail, but out partying and all you can figure that out for yourself yeah you get and, you get uh, comfortable mate, the, you get comfortable and you, you yeah. don't always make the right decisions I mean then this was in November time I got a call from my coach at the switchbacks and I was like oh, no way he was like um, he was like want you to come back offer me a better contract and I was just like has he seen me play the past <laughs> four or five months but um, went and told my coach about that like I was set on going back and I was like get the head down get yourself in good shape like ready to rock and I came in that year and started the second game and pulled my hip flexor so I was out injured for like two months and the coach just kind of at that point was just sort of fed up with me and then again by this point we were affiliated with the Rapids so we had probably what four or five of their players down on loan permanently and um, one was a striker and again he came down didn't really score. They sent him back. I came back after I so I was out injured for two months. Came back against Las Vegas Lights in Vegas, mate. And I'd been on the pitch for two minutes. I got my first ever red card. <laughs> I was just like, I literally, what was it? It was a throw in, and the defender was like under me, like hold, like linked under me, and I just like flipped it on, and my elbow caught him right there. And mate, the, the play like developed, I didn't even notice, like didn't feel anything. The play developed, one of our boys took a shot and it went out and I turned around and he's just sprinting at me, blood just covering his face. I was like, what happened to your face? <laughs> and he just like grabs, he grabs my shirt. So I like grabbed his arm and he, he was just like pushing and chumping. He ripped my shirt and the ref didn't see any of this. Like didn't see the, when I elbowed him and just seen his face and just gave me a red card. And I'd literally been on the two, the pitch for two minutes, mate, and I was just like, oh, you've completely killed yourself here. But got suspended for, what, one or two games. It wasn't it wasn't more than that. And then I started. Like, this is how, it was just a mental experience at the switchback. And then I got the start as soon as I came back, and I scored against uh, Portland. And I kind of went on a run there. I think I finished that season with five or six goals. But um, came in again. They had the choice for the option. But... Um, the Rapids wanted to take full control of the international spots. Like they wanted to decide who came in and who came out. Yeah. So like any any international player that was on uh, option didn't get their option renewed. Yeah, that's hard. And so at this point, I was just like, I'd been over it anyway. Like if they had if they had offered to take it, I probably would have just because it was a bit of security. Mm-hmm. But mate, my experience at the Switchback was just so up and down. Like the lads, teammates, unbelievable. Coaches and staff was good. I understand. It was a bit out of their control with people coming down. Mm-hmm. 
but overall, I was just like, I'd lost so much interest. By this point, I'd lost a lot of interest even the year before when I was back home. And then I went back home again, and one of my mates was playing out in New Zealand. And see how every one of these opportunities has came through connections. Someone you, you know, know I mean? it's so, else, I, yeah. It's so, so important, mate. And my mate messaged me and was just like, what are you doing, football is? And I was like, honestly, mate, I have no interest in playing anymore. And he was like, would you come out to New Zealand? And I was like, oh, maybe I would. <laughs> and so I like, I thought about it, and I was just like, if I go out there and it doesn't work out, at least I'll spend spend a year in New Zealand. You know what I mean? What's the worst that could happen? I'll maybe enjoy my football again, could get me back to the States. Because the States was always kind of my ultimate goal. Like, I want to live here long term. Mm-hmm. And I went out there, and I was actually playing all right. I was playing centre mid, <laughs> which was a bit strange for me. And uh Enjoyed the country, enjoyed the experience. It like was was somewhat enjoying my football again. But, but this was I went out there in January, and this was about maybe March or April time. My my mate Lewis Barrow, he's the head coach at Saginaw Valley now. He played with me for two years at Regis, then transferred here for his junior senior year. Was the assistant coach for two years. Head coach left, and they couldn't. They were trying to find somebody to take over. Done a few interviews, didn't work out, and then they offered him the job. So he took the job here and needed an assistant. So he That's was like, I'll give Marty a call. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'll give Marty a call. I was in New Zealand. He was asking me how it was all going on that first. And I was like, mate, honestly, I just don't know. Like, I would love to get back to the States. And he was like, well, would you be interested in coming being my assistant? And like, the big appeal for me then was that um, I was getting, I get a stipend. It's not a lot, like, barely enough. Like, you can just about live off it. But um, it was like, they'll pay towards my MBA. Mm. And I was like, that was kind of my goal anyway. My plan, even before he had contacted me, was to, whenever I stopped playing, I would go and do a GA position somewhere and get my master's done for two years, and then I would get a year work fees, and then that would hopefully keep me in the States. So and coaching so was always on the me, cards? Coaching was on the cards for you, or is that something that you didn't really think about? It was more so the NBA. Okay. But, mate, so whenever I signed up for this, like the appeal was the NBA, the coaching was part of that. But me, I absolutely love the coaching. You do. Like we're, we're fortunate here that like Lou's done all the recruiting, like, and he's brought in like unbelievable group of lads and good players as well. Like most of them take care of the school stuff. We've got a few issues here and there, (laughs) but um, love the coaching. But now that I'm going to finish with my NBA, like I feel like I need to put that to use. Because yeah. that way, my plan is to, once I graduate, try and find a job in Denver and then keep the head down for a year and then hopefully that company will sponsor me beyond that. Yeah, then you're... Also, I'm going to I'm gonna have to marry my, my girlfriend. <laughs> she's an American. She's an American. <laughs> she, she, she won't mind that, I'm sure. Nah, nah. So, only be, I've only been seeing her for a while, but I might have to take that route. Might, you might have to talk. speed things up <laughs> a bit there. <laughs> but how... Um, I want to know what the difference you know going from from playing for so long playing for your whole life and then going into coaching how is that transition like what have you had to do and adjust to yeah see me at first i thought that was going to be really tough for me like i thought it was one i thought it was going to miss playing i thought like being around this environment would make me miss playing even more but i think just being around football has kept my head in the right place I, honestly i do not miss playing at all i miss college I miss playing in college mm-hmm. because they care about you then like the coach wants to get you through wants to get you through your degree like obviously the football is important too but he wants to just get people graduate and make sure they come away with their degree going to the switchbacks like you're just another player not that I, w- I was one of the main players at Regis but then when you go in the professional environment you're just another player you're just a player everybody's 
everybody's getting paid. So it's people with families only care about putting money on the table for their families. Like mm-hmm. there's not that like collectiveness that you get in the college game. Obviously, when you step out on the pitch, like you're out playing for your ten teammates. Well, I was anyway, but I just noticed a lot of people had their own agenda. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because you know while while you want people to to kind of do it for the team and and have their heart in the right place, you do understand people have a lot of of, of other things going on. At the end of the day, um, it is a job as well, and it is it is what puts money yeah. on the table. So it's but, uh, uh, it became and it felt like that. It became a job for me, and that's when I was just like like like. I'd planned maybe to go and do the GA when I was some 29. Now I'd planned to maybe go do it when I was like 30. Mm-hmm. Like play right until I was 30, go do my master's for two years. But see when the right opportunity, when the opportunity that comes at the right time, I just feel like you have to take it. And that's what this was. 100%. I mean, you, you've you done what a lot of uh, internationals hope to do, and that's come out to the States, play there their, um, four or five years or whatever it is of, of college football go on to, to play during the summer and then work their way into the professional rank. So what would you say to someone who's looking to, to follow a similar path that you've followed? Just do not cut any corners. That was one thing I'd done. And the biggest thing for me, like, when I went out into training or into a game, like, I wasn't competing against any of my other teammates. Like, I wasn't trying to score more goals than the other forwards. I was just trying to like compete against myself and do better every single day. And like in training, for example, like if I show up and I'm trying to do better than other strikers, there's going to be days where they don't show up and just mm-hmm. go through the motions. Whereas for me, when I'm trying to just better myself every day, there was no days off. There was no days ripping through and just went through the motions. I was coming in, I would give 110% all the time. Don't get me wrong, in college, we partied a lot too. Mm-hmm. Like I think you have to find that balance and it's a very fine line. But um, So like I want like any lads that are young college kids to live that experience. But when it comes to the training, when it comes to the summer, when it comes to the off season, like you can't cut any corners because at the end of the day, it's so much mental, isn't it? Like if you've done everything properly, you can go into a game knowing that you've prepared and whatever happens, happens. At least you've done everything in, in your part. Yeah, I com- completely agree with what you've had to say then. I think I think it is it is important finding that balance between, you know, being a, a college student living, uh, living the life here and... and and remembering why you're there in the first place, if it wasn't for for football or for whatever sport you're playing, that you you wouldn't be here in the first place. Um, and it's sad because I know a few a few boys, loads of potential have come out to the states at different places and kind of gone off the rails and kind of forgotten about football and just want to enjoy their time and party and girls and and that type of thing. And you kind of uh, get off track. It's easy done, mate. Especially my freshman year with me not playing. Like I was an absolute lunatic. Like looking back at it, I was I swear to God, I, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't get kicked off the team. I've no idea how I didn't get kicked off the team. But that was a good wake up call for me. At least I had that year to sort of mess up a few times, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after four years of playing to prove myself. But you want to live your life. Like when I was at Regis, we were we had a dry season. And you're setting people up for failure in college. Like you're going mm-hmm. to drink. Like we tell our boys, like to have fun. Just be smart about it. Obviously, COVID's made the college experience a lot different. But like when we have a big win, like we'll tell the lads, like stay amongst yourselves. Like if you're going to have a few drinks, just look after each other. Don't be doing anything stupid. Like yeah, we want that, you to be proper college kids as well. That's that's a nice way to look at it. It's a nice way to have that relationship as a coach, as a coaching staff. A nice way to have that relationship with your players. Um, we are not 
you're not naive. You're not walking away thinking, oh, they're not, no. they're not going to do anything tonight. Or, you know, you, you're yeah, just going to building that trust with them um, to help kind of educate them or push them to do it in the right way. Yeah. And we've done it, mate. Like, that's what I laugh. Like, I've used every excuse under the sun with my coach. So when we have a bot, if we have a meeting with a kid and it's about academics or it's about doing something wrong and there's sitting there on these excuses I can't help but laugh because I'm like I've used that one I'm like just like and I don't want to call them out there and then but I'm literally like looking at them just like yeah I've literally done this I've done everything that you could possibly do in college like I was like you're lying to me straight away and then they walk out and, and me and Lou will just look at each other like fuck's sake man, like, what, what do you say the other thing too though like the why our coach one that was having a dry season was like what we go back and talked about earlier was you're playing it's three months mm. like really is, is it too much to ask maybe in the college and primary it's more difficult but in hindsight if you're winning trophies and that it's somewhat worth it yeah i completely agree i mean i've heard of and then you, well. you've got the spring where you can let loose a little bit that is that is the um the nice part i mean when you when you put it like that three months of a of a draft season really is not the end of the world nah. um but you know when you're when you're in and amongst it, and everyone else on campus is going out, and you hearing all the, the parties and things like that, it is it is difficult to stick to. It's like I will just have one. <laughs> <laughs> Next <laughs> minute you're doing a cake stuff. <laughs> I've heard that one before. All right, Marty. Well, we'll end on a positive note. Um, I want to know from you what is your your fondest memory of the game of football, whether that's a match, a goal you've scored, a specific moment, anything like that. Um, when we won the RMAC Championship back to back, the second year start would have been in 2013 because we won it away at our like closest rivals, um, Metro State. That was the biggest for sure because I won a lot of individual stuff, but nothing beats like the collective. Mm. But just that winning, um, and everybody went mental. Like look, all of our students came down to the game, and their pitch is like right by downtown Denver, and it was just an unbelievable nice. experience, mate. That was amazing. I'm glad to hear. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our episode, Marty. Uh, it's been fantastic having you on today. Um, what I love about doing this and doing these podcasts, you know, is meeting these new people, um, hearing everyone's stories, being able to help you spread your story, see if we can get, um, you know, if just if just a handful of people listen to this and they can learn something from you, then it's job done for me. Um, so thanks very much for being here. Of course, mate. I appreciate you reaching out. No, it's been lovely. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in once again. If this is the first episode you're listening to, then stick around for some similar content. Uh, check out our old episodes and follow us on Instagram at Added On Sports. I'm Michele Barletta, and you are listening to the Added On Podcast.